Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sesternino back here with our Amazing Race exit interview special. Today, we had interviews with our top three teams from the Amazing Race 35. And of course, we know who they are, but in the order of finish, it was the winners, Greg and John, our second place team, Joel and Garrett, and third place team, Rob and Corey. All right. So this exit interview podcast, we've got a lot to set up here. Of course, myself and Mike and Jessica recap the entire finale that's up right now here on robhasawebsite.com. First up, you're going to hear our interview with Greg and John, and then we are going to have our interview with Joel and Garrett, who were not available until later on in the day. And so that's going to be just Jess on the interview with Joel and Garrett. And I had to step out for a little while earlier today because my son, Dominic, was in his school fourth grade recital of the holiday performance. He had a solo. He killed it. But I was not there when uh, we talked with Joel and Garrett. So Jess had that one. And then... For our interview with Rob and Corey, Rob and Corey worked very closely with CBS PR in terms of how they wanted that interview released. And so as per Rob and Corey, we did the video version of that that is up on our YouTube channel. If you want to check out our interview with Rob and Corey, complete with captions for uh, maximum accessibility for our interview with Rob and Corey, that is up at robhasawebsite.com slash YouTube. All right, so that's the setup here for what you are about to hear. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's bring you our interview with the winners of The Amazing Race, Greg and John. Greg and John, you're here with Rob and Jess for RHAP. Congratulations on the big win. Incredible. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Yes, uh, how are you two doing now, a million dollars richer? Hey, I mean, million dollars can't get this voice back. I'm telling you, we went hard last night at the finale party. The whole cast came out. It was at a beautiful venue. All of our friends. I've heard. Yes. So it was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah. I, I don't really have much of a voice today either. Um, but, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the final memory challenge. How on earth did you crush that so hard so fast? It was like any good Amazing Race fan knows, note-taking throughout the race and having that book studying. So we were familiar, not with the, every single word of every challenge, but at least the general order and we're able to do process of elimination. The physical part was taxing. Don't let that go. Like putting the kayaks up was hard. And Joel and Garrett had a good technique of placing them down before mm -hmm. actually committing them. Um, but that was difficult. And on top of that, we had to do oars and match a photo of the pit stop to the country that it was in and put that on where the kayaks were lining up. So it was, it was, it had its own parts, but just took our time and had a lot of pressure. Yeah. Pressure helps. Yeah. You all had a dominant win. Uh, it seemed as though that once you got locked in, uh, that it was first, 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 four in a row. And then, uh, a couple of seconds as well. But it wasn't really until the back half of the race. What changed from uh, where you were in the first part of the race till when you really got locked in? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I 
I feel like the biggest change was the difference between us not having a say in our directions, aka the tuk-tuks, the taxi drivers, the boat drivers, and oh. then coming into the self-driving legs. Those self-driving legs, Johnny's great with directions. Uh, you know, I'm a good driver. We, we really were able to find our stride, especially like in Germany. In Germany, after we did the rappelling with the Wittens and the coins and all that, we were pretty much in last place. Other than the Philly Johns, we were pretty much in last place. And because of our directions, we were able to literally jump over everyone and go to first place. So I think the directions helped us in incredible. Amount. Yeah, that's really interesting because that we can always tell when people are having problems with the navigating and the driving, but it doesn't really come across in the show when people are doing well with that. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's editing just cuts it out and has someone just show you just up. Just get early. there. Yeah. Yeah. And just get <laughs> it's there. It's very for boring. Sure. Yeah. It, it is. It is. But we also learned just how to race, like how to read the clue. We accidentally let our taxi go before we needed it at some points. And um, at the hay challenge, didn't know we needed to fill it up all the way. Like we just didn't read our clue. And it took it took five legs for us to realize, oh, we just need to read our clue. Well, we definitely saw that attention to detail was maybe the one tiny problem that the two of you struggled with. Um, and in that final task at the rock club, we see you messing with that amp for what felt like a very long time. Um, how did you finally figure that out? Uh, I shame on me because I played electric guitar for like a decade now and just haven't done something like that. Um, you saw me try to actually get other teams to search at the same time and maybe like have them discover it with us. Um, but it really was just like looking at every nook and cranny in those boxes and realize it is just not in the gear boxes. It's on the stage somewhere. And when you're able to scope it in that area, you have to find it. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, if you're playing electric guitar, the tiny amp is not going to have that thing that comes yeah. off the top. Yeah, yeah. I'm not playing. I'm not playing like La Fonda or whatever. That's the true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in this uh, Seattle scramble, it seemed like that the one piece of this that you had the most uh, trouble with was the glass blowing and how many attempts uh, it took. Can you talk a little bit about the frustration of uh, getting so close so many times? Yeah, we got so close so many times. And that was honestly like that was one of the more proud moments that I've had of us on the race. And I mean, Joel and Garrett, they're a great inspiration because like when you're behind like that, you really just got to keep a good mm -hmm. attitude. And every single time we didn't get it, even if it was, you know, like whatever that millimeter off, we were just like, all right, on to the next one. Like this next one's it. Like we're, we're going to get this next one. But the frustration was building, especially after, you know, 30 minutes past, 35 minutes past, 45 minutes, yeah. minutes past after Joel and Garrett leave. We're like, oh, it starts to look like it's going to slip and you realize like one of our biggest weaknesses is we are impatient as heck with the demonstrations <laughs> in, in in uh vietnam where the rice paper challenge yeah we did not look at the the demonstration enough and we had teams jump us same thing here we refused to re-watch the demonstration we watched it one time and the demonstrator was even like are you sure you don't want to watch it again we're like, like no, no, no we got, we got, it's we got the it. next one we got it the next one <laughs> yeah Meanwhile, Joel and Garrett watched it maybe three times and were able to get out. So to all those future racers, like use the demonstrators, study up, they're like a TA in college. Yeah. Use them. <laughs> yeah. So you the two of you have clearly done your homework. You came in prepared. You you're talking as people that carefully studied the race and how you were going to approach it. Can you tell us a little bit about your background with regard to the amazing race like have you been longtime fans what made you decide to go on and how did you get prepared to yeah do it? my girlfriend 
years, loves everything reality TV, especially CBS. We've been watching. She got me hooked, got Gregory on. And it wasn't, yeah, until last year, we just had some time thinking about how to travel for free and put in the application. <laughs> so we were one and done. Um, such a cringy video, genuinely. But it's that first contact. It's not, that's not what seals the deal. It's the five months after that first phone call, when you're doing interviews, when you're doing um, application packets that you're able to say, hey, we can, we're charming, we, you know, we're, yeah. we're well-rounded, we'd be good. Yeah, and we and we love Survivor as well. Like I think that was at least my first one that I found, and that really taught us that these game. I mean, these are games, right? Like you know, a lot of it's luck, but a lot of it is like, yeah, exactly, studying the game like any other game. So mm -hmm. you know, we really took that approach that we you know had with Survivor to the Amazing Race and just binged episodes, took notes. We had spreadsheets about all the different challenges and you know like what was the probability of detours and like what was the least amount of time. So yeah, really it's, took a calculated approach. It's easy when you're studying is watching TV. Like, <laughs> yeah. If I can tell me I need to watch episodes of Amazing Race to make money. Twist my arm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I thought one of your most impressive moments on the race was uh, at the Nobel Prize dinner and how well that you two were able to ace that. Uh, that was that uh, as straightforward as it, you made it seem on the show. Uh, it was not that straightforward. We took our time. Because when you get something wrong, it, you tend to get flustered and it's hard to correct. So I think we really tried to make sure that um, the order was correct on all parts of the process, from the order of the um, of the placements of years to the order of the plates Gregory gave me. So it was all about just this conversion of, okay, this index of, I'm thinking computer science, but like the index of where they sit is correlating to this finger in my hand. So just having a system and, and executing that. We had also seen that challenge before, I think in yeah. like a past season in China. And so before, like when we were choosing which detour to do, we knew kind of the strategy of this one and, you know, kind of using one word instead of trying to remember the entire phrase. Mm -hmm. So we kind of came into it with a good mindset. And we heard you discussing on this challenge and other ones, um, how like basic knowledge of the language helped. Um, did that come into play anywhere else? Anywhere else in the race? Yeah, anywhere else in the race. We did uh, a lot of, you know, note taking of languages as we went to a country waiting at the airport. But honestly, using ASL with Rob was was really delightful and being able to practice for the first time in really <laughs> in, in real life and just connect with him when we had downtime. I mean, I, I watched you talking to him last night. You were so you were so good at it. It's <laughs> incredible. I am so rusty. I'm back on classes next month. I'm 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 getting back on the horse and then trying to you know, and interact with people in person as much as I can. I thought it ended up being a really uh, nice benefit for the two of you where you really start to come into your own after that U-turn vote ended up happening. Do you feel like that had the U-turn been later in the race that you two would have caught more first place votes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. I mean, I know at least some of them even before the U-turn vote, like, you know, leg one, leg two, like, I think Chelsea, she even admitted to us at some point, she was like, no, we were going to U-turn you guys, even though we weren't in first place, right? Like, we just kind of British. And so it worked out so well for us that Stephen and Lee were just killing the race. I mean, they were on fire. They were an hour ahead of everybody else at the start of that U-turn leg. So it worked out so well for us, especially being in second place and being able to jump them. Yeah, there was a lot of heat for not putting votes on later teams and people actually doing Stephen and Lee. But for second place, it makes sense because... They're the ones in front from you getting first. So uh, grateful that there were, what, five other teams that agreed with us? Four? Yeah, I forgot, yeah. 
Yeah. So your, your cast seems like you're super duper close. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a finale party that got every single racer to show up. And with the was, most amount of racers ever. That's the other yeah. thing out there. Yeah, that was incredible. So um, how uh, are are you guys still talking regularly every day now? Or um, how how were your relationships with the like, who are you the closest to? Yeah, I mean, Rob and Corey, we just were with them the entire time. I mean, at some point, we were just their shadow. We were just like trying to catch up with them the first time. And then it kind of got reversed in the second half of the race where, you know, they became our shadow. So it kind of felt like we were just racing against Rob and Corey the entire race. So we got to, you know, know them pretty, pretty well. Um, so we love them. But the entire cast is just amazing. We have like a whole group chat that it was so fun to, you know, see people's thoughts and reactions right after the episode. And I really hope that we get to keep the bond because I mean, the, the the family we built is just so fun. Yeah, my heart was breaking last night as people were heading out the door saying their flight was tomorrow morning. I was like, when am I going to see you again? I don't know. And we don't have anything to compare this to. Like, I was like, aren't all cat aren't all casts this close? And meeting people last night, they're like, no, I haven't seen some since you know 10 years ago. So hopefully we can keep that up. Now, when you are such a uh, proficient navigators uh, and drivers like you two ended up being, how do you deal with these teams that are following you and tailing you from place to place? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of risky on them. Like even this past episode, Stephen and Lee started following us and it worked for Robin and Chelsea, worked for some other teams, but we ended up getting lost during Ireland. So Stephen and Lee following us kind of hurt them. So it didn't bother us too much as long as they didn't try to you know pass us at the very end or do anything shady it didn't kill us but yeah, yeah. It's not not, not too it's much. a technique and we had our fair share of like foot race follows it's i think a little bit different of a context but you got to do what you got to do you know mm-hmm. it's, it's about getting to the mat first especially when you're in the back like when you're in the back it, it's a dog fight you know you, oh. you just gotta you gotta just figure no out rules in the it. back uh-huh. yeah <laughs> So what's your what's your policy on helping the other teams? Because we see you try to do that a little bit, or at least try mm. to get them to help you. Um, do you have like set rules for that? Yeah, I looking back, I think we were pretty generous on on the knowledge. Um, of course, it helps to be in front of the other team or have more progress to to, to give them advice. Um, and you saw it start to drift away too. Like once we got to Germany, uh, Corey asked, I think at the Hey Challenge, like, what are we supposed to do? And we're just like, ah, read your clue, read your clue. Like I, I, all the teams started getting to that point. But um, yeah, no real plan going in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you guys have to run and get to a lot more press today, but I just want to congratulate you two again on the very dominant win. Jess, they were my winner pick when we back when we did uh, picks after episode number one. So thank you, Greg John. You made me proud, especially. So great job. Uh, really nice to get to talk to you and uh, hope we get to hear more from you in the future. Okay. Course, thank yeah, you thank so you much. Love listening to your podcast. Oh, cool. Thank, thank you, you so much, guys. Bye. Yep. All right, everybody, there you have it. Greg and John, very fun to talk to. Great winners of the Amazing Race. Uh, ran an incredible race, especially uh, the back half. So, again, congratulations to those two. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have Jessica Lisa's interview with Joel and Garrett coming up on our exit interview special. Joel and Garrett, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing great. I'm glad we get to talk to you because I saw you last night across the room and I wanted to talk to you and then I didn't. Yeah, we never, I didn't get a chance to talk to you either. 
I know it was so crowded. I really wanted to talk to you guys as well. So we have the opportunity now. Um, yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, fun times. Um, it was wild party last night. And um, how are you guys recovering from everything that has happened? We're not yet recovered. <laughs> we, we just got back home to Idaho just now. And uh, we, we slept for maybe an hour on the plane. But besides that, we haven't slept. So. Oh, amazing race flashbacks, huh? Yeah, it felt just <laughs> like the race. <laughs> All right. So I want to start by talking about the last leg in Seattle. And I want to talk about the scramble a little bit because this was kind of a new thing for amazing race in a final leg specifically. And I want to know uh, what kind of rationale did you have for choosing the tasks in the order that you did? We strictly went by distance. Mm -hmm. We mapped it out. Glass blowing first, uh, grunge second, grab third. We knew that after grab, there would be something else. And we didn't know, is it going to be north? Is it going to be yeah. south? So we're just like, let's just go in this order. It'll... It it gives us the best chance of hopefully minimizing the amount of driving. As a as a UPS driver, my mindset right away goes to whatever's closest and then just the next one and the next one and the next one, trying to get the stops off as fast as you can, you know. And being that we didn't know where the next step was going to be, we just figured, yeah, whatever's closest to us right now, that's where we'll start and then we'll head head down from there. Yeah, and they didn't give you any indication of what the tasks were, did they? We just no, knew just, the, just the title of grab, yeah. glass, and grunge. Yep. Right. Um, so then at the grunge task, it seemed like you two of you sped through this relatively quick compared to everybody else. And um, I just want to know, uh, Joel, did Rivers Cuomo reach out to you and ask you to turn in the Weezer roadie jacket? I, I mean, I'm expecting to hear from him any minute now. Dude, dude you're not on the crew anymore. But, um, yeah. So when when we couldn't find the missing component that was inside the amplifier, mm -hmm. the, the whatever that was called, I don't even know, but I was, uh, I felt so embarrassed when we finally did find it. Cause it took us a while to find yeah. that, to figure out how to open up the amp and find those and find the missing cords. And I, I thought when we watched the episode, the other teams were going to just find that yeah. right away for some reason. We'd look like fools or something. But they took just as long uh, or yeah. longer. Luckily everyone else also struggled with that part. Yeah. So. Um, so we figured it out eventually. And by the way, that judge deserves some credit. He didn't get <laughs> as much airtime as he deserves. Yeah, he, he, he was, was fun. He was one of those funny. He was like the the guy with the, the time zone test in Germany, I think it was, or, or Russia. He he was funny. <laughs> he was just like, are you done wasting my time yet? Like that guy was Stop awesome. Stop asking for checks if you don't have it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always appreciate a shout out to Pencils Down guy. And yeah, that's what it was. Pencils yeah. Down guy. Yeah. That's who it was. That's that's amazing. Um, you really the two of you definitely have revealed yourselves to be deep, deep fans of the show. Um, so tell me a little bit about your journey getting to the race. Like which one of you is the instigator here? It's funny because we both were in different ways. Like I started watching the show, I think, first, mm -hmm. but it wasn't very long before Smythe was watching with his family. I talked about being on the show. We talked about being on the show together. But going back to the beginning of this year in January was when we actually applied. And it was around Christmas time last year that we were having the discussion, like, we should actually apply. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, we probably will. Maybe we will. And then Smythe calls me up like a week later. He's like, all right, I'm coming over so we can film the audition <laughs> tape. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. Okay, let's do it. 
So it took both of us yeah. to kind of move that ball forward. I think, I think Strauss was the original instigator. And then as time went on, I finally was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And and so it, it took teamwork from the very start. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you obviously, you work together very well. And um, it seemed to me that, you came in with a pretty with a pretty cohesive plan of who was going to do what and where. And can you tell me a little bit about how you prepared to come on the show? We didn't. Yeah. Prepared. We spent. So as soon as we heard back from the amazing race and we started into the casting process, that months long process, we decided, OK, we got to figure a bunch of stuff out so that we don't have to figure it out on the show. Uh, when we did a lot. I'll give you one example. Because Smythe is a UPS driver, you would assume he would drive and I would be the navigator. And we went out, his car's a stick shift. We went out to an area that we're not familiar with. And our, we, we're only allowed to use our phones for texting. And our wife, our wives would text us a location. And that's it. We had to find. It would be like, find a statue in this park. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's a town outside of here where we don't really know it. And so we have to ask somebody we have to try to find the we did the chamber of commerce chamber, yeah got maps, on a map and stop people asked them but we couldn't use our phone for anything else except receiving those texts well we found out pretty quickly that while um while smite yes he is a good driver he's an even better navigator than i am so we switched and i became the driver and he was the navigator and we never had to figure that out on the race that worked from the very first self-drive in la from the sign to the uh biltmore and throughout the whole thing, um, I'm glad we didn't have to waste time. There were tons of other little things we did as well. I mean, we, I, we and we even recorded a bunch of them. We're going to put a video out <laughs> so that future people can see, like, all the stuff that they should do to prepare. His, his wife had bought, a, like, a, a cabinet from Ikea, and she, she took the instructions out and said, here you go, <laughs> put it together. And, and they already had one in their house that we could use for an example. And so we had to run back and forth and look at it and then go back to it and build it. And, I mean, so we, the the dragon, you know, 3D dragon puzzle we did. I mean, we chalk a lot of that up to the fact that we practiced doing that. The before bee house. Race. The bee house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hiked. There's a big hill outside of town that overlooks Boise. We put on heavy backpacks and went up and down that thing every weekend, multiple times. We we did a lot. We we knew that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and we're not going to waste time. We're going to do everything we can before we get there to already be ready to go. That is, that's, that's incredible because you definitely, I think on paper, you don't seem like the team that's going to be powerhouses. And yet you came in there and you were right out in front. And I really loved watching the two of you just shock everybody with how good you were at just about everything. It was really wonderful. All that prep though, we did a ton of prep and it was important, but it wasn't even the deciding factor in our success. The, the deciding factor in our success was focusing on what we could control because the amazing race is all about throwing stuff at you outside. You can't control what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm. You have two things you can control your attitude and your effort. That's it. And, and that's, Everything else is just, it just comes at you constantly, but we stayed on top of our attitude and our effort the whole time. And that's what made the biggest difference for us. When you watch the show, like any other season, you know, you'll see certain challenges and you see how they do it. And you're like, okay, I feel comfortable with that one now, but that's not the challenge you're going to get when you're on the race. And so once you get on the race and you start thinking about, I have no clue what's about to happen. It all it, it gets stressful. Like 
you know, what am I going to do? But like he said, with the positivity and, and just knowing, you know what, whatever it is, we're going to figure it out. That That's kind of just what our whole mentality was with the situation. For me, like the river dance, for example, nothing could be further from my strengths. <laughs> but I, I knew if I have the right attitude and I put in the effort, I'll get through this. And that's how it was with everything. That's and you really rocked that. That was it, it was one of the harder dance tasks I've ever seen on the show. And you did amazing. Um, so in that vein, on, on the attitude and the effort, I want to go back to Germany for a minute. And I want to talk about like maybe one of my favorite moments from the entire season. Um, when the two of you assumed that you were out of the race and decided you were just going to roll with it and enjoy the rest of the leg. Mm-hmm. So after you learned that you were not, in fact, out of the race, how did you get your game faces back on? Oh man! Oh, it comes I, I, right back. I know for sure what we did. We as soon as that was over, and and we went to back to the hotel that night. We emptied out half of our backpacks, left it all in the hotel. We left water shoes. We left clothes. We left gloves, gloves, first aid kit, all this stuff. And, we and this is all like brand new stuff that we hadn't even used yet, you know. But at this point, we're like, we're gonna lighten our bags as much. As, we're, we are not gonna be in the back again. And so we left all that, and and I mean, our whole thought, our mind pro process at that point is no matter what we do, we're going to push our way through anything because I mean, you never know what's going to happen in that moment in Germany. We thought we knew it was going to happen. And Phil told us you're still in the race. And we were shocked. <laughs> he, he chose, as you know, one of the most awkward ways to tell us yes, we're still in the race. <laughs> but we, we did. It wasn't that we thought we were eliminated. We knew we were eliminated yeah. in our minds. It was over. I was on that lock bridge for two hours looking for my lock and I and the sun's going down and there's nobody coming. And I keep thinking out of my peripheral vision. Here comes Phil to eliminate me. I'd look and it was just a tourist or something. <laughs> but I wasn't leaving that bridge till Phil made me leave that bridge. And we finish it and when there's another roadblock and we're like, Yeah, oh, there's a, <laughs> we a, we a detour. A detour yeah. yeah. We tore that clue up after the lock bridge, and I was like, no, this has got to be a joke. We just started laughing. We're like, all right, <laughs> let's go do some mustard. <laughs> That's amazing. So when there was a point after the bee houses where you had to turn back and pick up your notebook and come back, um, in the end, did having that notebook there make a big difference at the memory challenge? Rub it in, Jess. Rub it in. <laughs> Doesn't look like it helped, but it absolutely helped. Yeah, we did do a we, lot of studying. We knocked out that challenge so fast, and we were 99% right, 98% right. We had two canoes that needed to be flipped. We studied that notebook so we studied this notebook so much, and we um we quizzed each other in the hotels, the whole plane ride back to Seattle. We were going through it together, but you never know what they're going to ask. And so yeah. there's a lot to try to study. And so, you know, you might not focus as much on the titles of the challenges because you're thinking about, okay, what was the guest that welcomed you to the country wearing? What color was their hat? What, um, what did the scenery look like? What did the mat look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so much to try to figure out, you know, the, the Witten coins, you know, what what design was on those coins? I mean, we had even drawn a picture of that in our book because you never know what they're going to ask in the end. And so you try to study as much as you can. And I, <clears throat> and I quote, page one, leg one, <laughs> first clue, 
Who wants to be on top of it all? It's right there. (laughs) But you weren't allowed to look at it, of course. Oh, correct. Couldn't look at it. But who wants to be on top of it all? And who wants to be above it? Who who wants a bird's eye view? view. Come on. Come on. Those those are so close. So close. Totally understandable. I think any of us would have made the same mistake. And uh, Greg and John mentioned you had a specific strategy for the physical stacking of the kayaks. Um, Can you tell us about that? Um, we, okay. Once we realized that we were wrong, we didn't know what was wrong and we started focusing on stupid things. That I, could be I'm an overthinker. So I'll find anything I can overthink about and I'll overthink about it. And so, you know, at one of the stacks of kayaks, there was a space at the top and then the, the two kayaks. And we so thought we had to shut that. Oh, maybe they need to be moved up to the top. We, we even, we even <laughs> there was a kayak where the handle is broken. Yeah, there's a handle in on the ground. Like maybe the handle needs to be put back so on the kayak. So we could reaffix the handle and say check. Like we tried and we tried everything except the obvious. Thing. Yeah, you just, two kayaks the, split. yeah, the simple mm. fact that it's just wrong, you know. And and it was and I'll tell you, we we rewatched the episode already, and it's so hard to watch us like just go back and forth, back and forth. And then they cut to Greg and John and they're stacking them. They cut to Corey and Rob and they cut back to us. And we're still standing there looking around at like, <laughs> it, it's hard to watch. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I, I think you got, you have nothing to be, you have nothing to be ashamed of. You ran an, an absolutely incredible race and we were really, we were really excited to see you throughout the season. And uh, I want to thank you both again for taking the time to talk to us. Um, yeah, really you. appreciate it. Thanks for having us. I got to tell you just one more thing really quick. Okay, one more thing. In the last few episodes, you saw our motivation for running the race with Smythe's daughter and how he wants to get a specialized service dog for her. And when that, we didn't know this was going to happen. But when that happened in the episodes, we've got an outpouring of support. Everybody wants to support. How can we help? How can we help? I created a, uh, a fundraiser. The link's out there. I can get you the link if you'd be willing to share it. Because the community of amazing race fans is such an awesome family and everybody wants to pitch in and Smythe is embarrassed to ask for help. So he's not going to, but I'm not. And I want to take advantage of all this, this, this amazing family that we're a part of now and welcome everybody. You can make a little difference and share the fundraiser and whatever. And, and it'll go a long way for Smythe's family. It'll mean a whole lot to us. It's it's been really emotional to me to see the outpouring of support and, you know, see everybody talking about wanting. I've, I've received private messages saying, "Hey, I want to help try to get your daughter, your daughter, a service dog." And I mean, it's just unbelievable how much people have been reaching out to to try to help help my daughter. And I, I get emotional talking about it, but I I love everybody for for their willingness to to want to help. Oh, well, that, it's it's really it's touching. And I I did see the fundraiser. I'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks to both of you. And uh, don't be strangers, okay? Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks.